0: Right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speaker, strap on a smile. It's the
1: Sims and Lefko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lefko and Chris
2: Sims. Fly, Eagles, fly, <laughs> fly, Eagles, fly. Philadelphia fans, this is Chris Sims and your host, Adam Lefko. Adam Lefko picked the Dallas Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl. I'd just like to start the podcast wow. off right there. Wow. Bam! Shoot, shots fired, cross the bow, bam! Wow. We're
0: going to get to that in a little bit in what truly is a jam-packed twenty-six episode of The Sims and Go Podcast. Sims, so excited to be here. He did the hosting in the beginning. I love it. Uh, in about 10, 15 minutes, we're going to have Matt Miller come in. He's been with us all week shooting videos, getting ready for the NFL season. And then in about 30 minutes, we're going to have Sam Monson, who is the senior analyst for Pro Football Focus, and what I'm very excited about having a discussion about how they do all their grading. We've had issues with it in the past. We'll discuss it, but he's got some interesting takeaways that I have right here I will not share with you yet. Um, But before we get into all that, I want to make history. I want to do something right now that no major media organization has done yet, and we're going to put ourselves right out there in the forefront. Let's do it. Josh, in 2016... There will be a major presidential race. And as you see all the time, whether it's the New York Times, i right, turn that down a little bit. The New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, they will all endorse a candidate. And I thought, what a beautiful idea that here at the Sims and Lefco Podcast, we get them one step ahead and we endorse a candidate. I'm ready, and I believe that I speak for all of us. This is not a candidate that speaks from the hip This is not a candidate that is doing the old guard. It is truly a change. It is not a man. But guess what?
2: I look back at the Trump Tower uh, behind me. No, no, (laughs) no. It is also not a woman. Right.
0: This person
2: transcends everything that is safe. Oh, gosh. Do you know who I'm talking about? Sounds like it's Jenner something. Caitlyn, Bruce, I don't know. No. Okay. What? You said no man, no woman. I don't know. I don't know what to say. What? Go so, ahead. Who do you think I'm going to pick? I, I just guessed. I thought it was Caitlyn Jenner.
0: No. <laughs> the answer is D's Nuts. <laughs> yes, indeed. D's Nuts is a candidate for presidency next year. You have no idea about this, huh? I have none. I told you he wouldn't fall for the D's Nuts and say who. But here's the deal. <laughs> Apparently, in Wallingford, Iowa, the Daily Beast reported that D's Nuts, a 15-year-old named Brady Olsen. Right registered D's Nuts as a candidate and in polling is actually up to 9% of the polls. Woo! Hillary Clinton is at 38%, Donald Trump is at 40, D's Nuts is coming in at third ahead of all the other candidates at 9%.
2: D's Nuts is very versatile. D's Nuts
0: is very versatile. Right. When asked in a poll, do you have a favorable or unfavorable opinion of D's Nuts? Right. Favorable, 6%. Unsure, 81%. I think we're all unsure about <laughs> these Nuts. But I know here at the Sims and Left Go podcast, I am going out on a limb. We stand for D's Nuts. Would you agree? Are you going to support D's Nuts?
2: Uh, I am, yes. I love these Nuts. There's so a look of confusion on Chris's face yeah. during that monologue. I don't know if this is real, what the heck we're doing. No, that's a real thing. That's crazy. But I know. good, yo. But I love the game D's Nuts. I mean, that's awesome. Oh, you know? all right,
0: here. You know, really quick. So that's a big football thing. When right. you first got here to bleach Report, right. I mean, all we did was just try and deez nuts right. everybody, and the way in which the game is played, you try and get someone to say who, so it's, hey, you won't believe who was talking trash about you. Who? D's nuts. Right, exactly. And it's actually from the original Chronic album of Dr. Dre. Right. Um, but, you, I mean, you played this all the NFL time. NFL
2: locker rooms. On the sidelines during NFL games, I would have players come up to give me, you know, like uh, I, we had a fullback, uh, Gerald Sol- Sowell. You remember Gerald Sowell? Yes. Gerald, Gerald Sowell. He played uh, for the New York Jets for a little time. He was the master. Really? He was the master. And, and, of course, I considered myself the master, and I was. And until he came to the Tampa Bay Bucks, but he took it one step up. Like we would be in the middle of a game, and he'd be like, "Man, old boy said he's got he's got a stronger arm than you." And I'd be like, "Who?" <laughs> you know. So he always got you personal. But would he actually personal. say it, or would he just look at you? He, he would just look at me. He, he wouldn't would even go. say. He had, and he was he had you know these these big white eyes, and he was such a good dude, a big smile, and he would just look at me and go and I just go gosh get away from me I gotta I'm trying to learn Gruden's offense get my away. I'm
0: telling you my dad and my mom would try and D's nuts because you would play it in the game all, in the right. office all the time right and my dad would be like so D's balls and I was like no it's D's <laughs> it's nuts by the way my dad let me know that he's ready to make a prediction with you I guess Eagles Giants a bet cool we'll talk about we're it calling, in the future.
2: we'll call Bruce next week On did the podcast. you tell your father that you picked the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl I
0: haven't had the chance to break it to him we're gonna to get to our super bowl picks in a second i actually told there's a doorman in our building here at that's Bleach why Report. i brought it up that's a huge cowboys fan he oh knows. did he mention it to yeah, you I,
2: I always talk to him in the morning oh he's way great here. yes
0: and i walked in today and, and he knows i'm an eagles fan and we bust each other's balls all the time and i said uh, so guess what i picked for the super Bowl?" He goes eagles i go i picked the cowboys uh-huh. and he goes shut up and i go yeah man <laughs> you know your boy picked I'm not
2: following.
0: You almost had me for a second. Uh, before we keep going, uh, look, we're going to get political. I just, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on the fact that Donald Trump is a favorite right now for for the presidency? I'm just curious. The Chris Sims Donald Trump opinion.
2: Well, yeah, I'm not a political person, so let's just start there. I mean, I, I'm not one that's paying attention to the daily polls and what's going on. Really, I've found him actually quite entertaining and a little bit refreshing at some points with some of the honesty. Shh, okay. Now I know there's been some shenanigans and some crap. That I've been like, oh my gosh, can is this guy really running for president? Uh but uh there is a part of me sometimes that I go, man, you know, maybe like he has been a successful businessman. Maybe our country could use somebody like that, but I don't think he's politically correct enough, and I don't think he can stand a chance. It's It's not about him being
0: politically correct enough. He is a reality show honk who's been bankrupt before and is a complete loser. I will agree with you that a lot – I can't believe we're having this discussion, but I love it. A lot of these debates are them reading off cue cards, and he is forcing all of the media practices of all these political candidates to completely change. Right. But the fact that he is even a viable candidate in some people's minds it's crazy. really scares me in terms of the world's view of our country. Right. That's all I want to say.
2: Yeah, cool. Because I think
0: he's an idiot.
2: Yeah. Well, I think he is in a lot of ways, but he also is a good businessman. You gotta say that. He is at the, end the, of the
0: definition day. of what is my mind the worst phrase in the human language, which is just being honest. How many assholes have you met in your life that are like, I mean, you could lose some weight just being honest? It's not it's like being like hey, I don't want to offend you,
2: but you can't talk like that. What's crazy, too, and I think Josh and I – He's like a talk radio host. When he's talked about the wall around Mexico or whatever.
0: John Harbaugh's a great one. That's what I mean. John Harbaugh (laughs) said
2: it. I can't believe that didn't get more attention, national Uh, media attention. I'm surprised the NFL – I bet you the NFL sent him a letter and said, shut up, John. Hey, shut up. Yeah,
0: what? look, if you if you want to talk politics, hit us up on the Twitter account. We could start Simpson a, Lefko. Separate, a
2: separate politics yeah, podcast. Well, uh, like uh, you know what? Let's when the
0: presidential that. election's going forward, we're just going to keep it real.
2: Well, we'll try to get these nuts in here for a little inter- interview. And, Dude, you know. we need to reach out to Brady Olson. I can do that. He
0: is going to be, this kid is going to be a celebrity. I feel like he's going to be on all these let's shows. We get on him early. Yeah, uh, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, real quick, let's do a little bit of news and notes before we bring in Miller. Calvin Benjamin. Torn ACL out for the season. Yep. You actually don't think it's going to be as detrimental as many other people do.
2: Yeah, well, it's, I mean, listen, I know it's going to hurt. He's a good player. I think the, the area that hurts the most is like we saw last year, you know, red zone one-on-one. He's, of course, so big yes. you could just throw it up to him. But, no, I don't think they're an offense that's like – Oh man, we need our number one receiver. We're gonna scheme all these different concepts and plays. That's just not the way they play football. So yeah, yeah I'm not totally panicked by it. Uh they do have a little bit lesser version of a Devin Funches. Mm. Uh it, it, you know, Devin Funches is a lesser version of Calvin Benjamin, excuse me. Uh also, you know, guys like Jared Boykin, they showed they flashed two years ago up in Green Bay. I mean, I think he had over like six hundred yards receiving that yeah. year. Uh so the he's a guy they can they can hold down the fort. Without big time receivers. We've seen that. Here's the money. And Greg Olson is there, and he's their number one target. Like here's the, the Adam
0: Lefko take. The most detrimental thing it does for me is the media's evaluation of Cam Newton, because it's yet another year where he doesn't either have weapons and offensive line. Like, it's another year of us going, well, if only he had Kelvin Benjamin. Right. And I think, look, he got the contract, and we know how talented he is. I just don't want any more excuses. Uh, moving on, really quick. I think quick. you made
2: a good point, too, though, about the depth of the running back. That's something that scares me in Carolina. All they
0: have is Jonathan Stewart, and when has he ever played a full season? That's a little scary. And they lose, the D'Angelo Williams goes to Pittsburgh. Right. Other news, a note that I thought was very interesting Eli Manning comes out. Uh, after the report says that he wants to be paid the highest uh, the salary for all the quarterbacks, and right. we got into what happened with RG three as well. Um, my favorite quote that Eli made, which is to me the ultimate diss on anyone in the media, he said, "quote." someone is trying to make a name for himself. And the reason it's the ultimate diss to the media is one, you don't say him by name. Right. Two, it says you're trying to make a name for yourself, which means you're not a name. And, and three, it means that like you haven't gotten there yet.
2: Well, and, and I think the thing, too, is... And was, it was Ian Rappaport of the NFL, and I'm right. sure he
0: had sources.
2: Right, and, and that's the thing, I think, we're, You thought
0: Archie had a hand in this.
2: Well, I think Archie is, you know, Archie is very, you know, po- as far as politically aware, as Conservative, far as NFL is concerned, he does yes. not want his sons to seem greedy and anything like that, which I understand. Uh, But I think, you know, whoever reported Ian Rappaport, you know, just because who is a good guy, he is a good guy. I know him very well. But just because Eli says he didn't say it and he never told his agent didn't mean Tom Condon didn't ask the Giants to be the highest paid
0: quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. that's what your agent's supposed to do.
2: Exactly right. But uh, at the same time, uh, I am one Eli should not be the highest paid quarterback in football. I truly do believe that Eli. I would say. I don't know if he should be paid, and I'm a Giants fan, and you guys know I support Eli. He's the greatest quarterback in Giants history – I don't think he's as good as Philip Rivers or Ben Roethlisberger at this point in his career. The two guys that were taking Who were, the same draft. Same draft and also just got new deals, right? Mm. So both of them got new deals. So I think he's a step below there. And we talk about this all the time. We have a It's an epidemic in this country. We, we like to pay our athletes for what they have done instead yes. of what they're going to do. Yes. Uh, and I think, of course, Eli, Roethlisberger, Rivers, they're all coming towards the end. And, and I think Eli physically is closer to the end than Ben or, or Rivers.
0: Perfect. You know what I like right now, Fendrick, can I get some of that monumental Patriot music that I declined? I
2: can, yeah, give because me one what
0: we are doing is welcoming someone in person. It is his second time on the Sims and Lefko podcast. I believe you are the second person ever to be a return guest behind only Phil Sims. Oh,
2: that's right, we have so this
0: Phil twice. So, this is an incredible, monumental occasion. I'd like to welcome into the Sims and Lefko podcast. Matt Miller, NFL lead analyst for Bleacher Report, Matt Miller.
1: How are you? I'm doing great. Me and Big Phil. That's great company.
2: It is good company.
1: I would
0: say right now, in terms of the Sims and Lefko guest Mount Rushmore, you're currently up there. The difference is with our Mount Rushmore, we can blow you up and take you off. So you better bring the heat. <laughs> right. I don't know that I. Uh,
1: I don't know that I can rank up there. Felder's got to be on there. Felder will be up there eventually. He'll get there. Yes, I, I can think of who isn't on there better than I can think of who's. Is Felder on there. was
0: Felder a two-time guest? No,
2: just a
1: one. Just a one-time guest. He's right. not on the Mount
0: Rushmore right. yet. We have two faces <laughs> on the Mount Rushmore. We're getting there. So we just did. Uh, so many videos the last few days, us three, uh, doing a lot of predictions because you already put my Super Bowl team on blast. Right. I am putting the two teams in the Super Bowl. Can't believe I'm saying this. A Patriots get back and Cowboys, and I think it's going to be a Patriots repeat. I know it's very unlikely, so much so that, Sims, get this, after that video came out, I had someone hit me up on Twitter, and I will read it for you, and it said – Wow, you are such a Patriots homer. It's actually ridiculous. Way to be professional with your job, bud. We'd love to hear your logic. No cheater for four games and zero defense. Well done, Lefko. And I responded with wait, are, are you, you're kidding me, right? You're going to call me a homer. And then when I said, listen, I think they have a very good front seven. They have Brady. They have Belichick. And I think Gronk and Edelman are great. Yeah, the re-
2: cheater is going to be playing. He so. responded
0: with, you mean Bella cheat? And that's when I was like, I can't do this anymore. No. So I'm going Patriots, Cowboys can't believe I'm saying Cowboys, but what I saw Cowboys is very impressive. Miller, who are your Super
1: Bowl teams? Yeah, I'm going the other way. I love the Patriots. I am a Patriots homer, but I I didn't (laughs) pick them this year. I I think it's too hard to get back. So I went uh, Green Bay Packers coming out of the NFC and Baltimore Ravens out of the AFC. And I I picked the Ravens to win it. I think they have – the right combination of that defensive line with Brandon Williams, C.J. Mosley at linebacker, Jimmy Smith at corner—they they have it all. And I'm not the biggest Flacco fan. I don't want to talk about if he's elite he's or not, but he is. He's fantastic, especially in the postseason.
0: Yeah, go right. watch that Patriots game and tell me that Joe Flacco's not a top ten quarterback. Agreed. You know what that video does? It punches you in the face. Well, he's you know, hold you, know you know who thought Joe Flacco? Who knew who actually thought Joe Flacco paid poorly in that game? Who's that? D's nuts. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, yes. Welcome
2: to the show. You're officially on the yeah. Rushmore now. Yeah. Uh, and you had the same teams in your Super Bowl. I did. Yep. I uh, I picked those those same two teams. I had to make that pick the day after the Super Bowl this year. And I'm gonna I'm gonna hang in there with it. I do believe Green Bay. Green Bay's offensive line is one of the five best offensive lines in football. They got Eddie Lacy. They got the best player in football in Aaron Rodgers. Receivers. I do got questions about that D line. Yeah. And they got some young pieces in the secondary, which are going to be. Interesting interesting but I do think they'll overcome that and like Miller said with Baltimore I, I'm you know right on right on par with everything he said I mean offensive line uh certainly in the top echelons of uh in the league as far yeah. as that's concerned same with the defensive line and I just the only question I have I guess, I guess about Baltimore is uh you know Steve Smith he is getting up there yep. is there what receiver who else is going to contribute to the passing game a little bit and then of course the secondary I mean the secondary was a weak spot last year they I to me, even looking at the roster now, they're toting that fine line of one or two injuries and mm. – we're going to see Oh, Tom Brady throw 800 hitch routes again yes. because they're bad corners. Yeah. Without
1: Jimmy Smith in that game, yes. I mean, there were nothing. Yes, so, you're yeah. exactly That right. was tough. Right. So
0: I actually uh, I went through Game Pass and was watching a bunch of preseason games last night, and I want to watch Baltimore and Green Bay right. to kind of get a feel because I do have questions about both. This is my very left-go scouting report of those two okay, teams. Okay, I like it. Um, Ravens O-line and D-line is going to be fantastic. Right. They just pushed the Saints all Over the field. Now, the Saints, I don't think, are a great barometer, and of course, it's preseason. Carl Davis had a really impressive looking game, and it's just yet another player that's added to that Ravens front four that's going to be serious. Max Williams was a guy that did not shine until later in the game when a bunch of the subs were in. But he had a play on 4th and 20 at the end of the game with the game on the line, tried to leap over a guy and then knocked a dude over. They need that from the tight end position. I think Baltimore will be fine, um, and I think they're going to be really good. Green Bay, Devontae Adams is a beast. He is. They are so excited about it. And people forget about him and the fact that they also have Jordy, Randall. And I think that Ty Montgomery is one heck of a 4th wide receiver. Yes, he is. I think there's a lot of potential there. Their O-line is freaking incredible. And when you watch Lacey run, and then you take in those wide receivers, that's why they're a Super Bowl pick. I completely get it. My only thing is, Haha Clinton Dix still does not know how to tackle. (laughs) He still does not know how to take angles to the football. And I think their defense is going to have trouble stopping the run.
2: Sims, over the last year how much has Lefko improved as a football analyst?
1: Well, I think
3: this
2: week he has really he's really gone a little crazy. He's starting week. to figure out what to look for a yeah. little bit and yeah, he's coachable. He really, he really is. See, See, like I like to learn. I've just been over at Bleacher Report for over a year and I would say listening to you talk about football from the day I met him yes. last August right. to now. Yeah, that was about as improving. good a scouting report as he's ever thrown out right was there. That's great. That was strong. All, All right.
0: Well, let me give you some more then. i really I do good. agree
2: with a lot of those and yeah, I, I am with you. I mean, Haha Clinton Dix uh, was not overly impressive to me as a rookie uh, For me, scares me a little it, it, it scares me also thinking about Landon Collins a little bit I like Landon Collins coming on the draft I know you did yeah. too uh, but yeah, those Alabama guys, it's just sometimes they're a little – they're maxed out already.
1: For Nick Saban, being such a great defensive backs coach, right. his defensive backs just don't produce the well, this is Well, no, this you know, is what
0: Sims has always said. Yeah. He says that they get coached so well right. to all their potential in college that you expect them to take another step. Yeah. But that might have been the best coaching they're ever going to get.
2: They're stepped out. They've right. maxed out on their potential. You know, where you, know, you can come out with a – let's just say Marcus Peters from this year – He probably hasn't been coached a whole lot, and most of the time from the film I watched, they were like, just go over there and cover him man-to-man. Yes. And, okay, so he didn't really use technique, anything like that. Now he's going to get coached up. Can he take that next step? Those are the guys I think you always see make that jump. All
0: right, I'm going to do a little thing called left go scouting. I'm going to keep going with little points that I think are good. Right. When I miss one, is when I'm going to stop. First point, Malcolm Brown, pretty good. Right. Um, not enough pressure, though, on third down. Right. But he's also playing the Green Bay a, yeah. Packers he's offensive o- line.
2: Green Bay offensive line. And you always got to just be a little wary of New England. Now, you know, they have a lot of rules in their defense. Sometimes, especially in w- whether it's run game, if he's too gapping people. He never lost, though. He's never He, he doesn't lose never a lot. Gets pushed back, but he's uh, he. You can't always attack on the New England yes. D line. Sometimes he just wants guys to s- stalemate and then read the play from there.
0: I texted you. Jamie Collins is incredible. I also saw a little spark from Trey Flowers out of Arkansas. They who like I Trey. Think, I think could be a good pass rusher. Right. Uh, in terms of, I also watched Saints Ravens, which I said Brandon Cooks is back. Yes, he is back, and I think that the Saints, even though their offensive line is is pretty good. Cook, C.J. Spiller, Kyrie Robinson, and Mark Ingram. Uh Sean Payton can get really creative. Uh, Andrews Pete started with, like, Garrett Grayson, third-string offensive line. Right. Started at right tackle, moved to left tackle. Right. Great feet when they pull him. Oh, my gosh. He's a dancing bear. He is. He's got great feet. But I'm I'm, I'm doing well right now. I'm feeling really good. Yeah, I don't know. Did he play any guard in the game? I don't think he played any guard. No, he only played right right tackle and left tackle. He's been practicing
2: some at guard, too.
0: Heoli Kikaha yes. is going to be a lot is going to be put on him next year. He's big. He's fast. He lines up on the strong side, and I like him a
2: lot. And uh, well, he would have been a first rounder if he doesn't have two ACL
0: right. tears. You every, have that I much think. production
1: right. that, as he had, and he flashed so well at the senior bowl. Yes. He was the best linebacker at the right. senior bowl. He has all far. the size, speed, weight, measurables. But I mean, the
0: Saints could have the worst rush defense in the NFL next year.
2: They could. I, that's why. When you, you're
0: relying on like 13-year vet Kevin Williams in the middle.
2: Well, that's why. I. See, you know, you heard me say the name John Jenkins the other day. The yes. Kid Georgia he's maybe he's gonna be their run stopper he's a guy that I don't think they've played enough the last two years two years and I know they like him and I was Mm. always like well they like him but here they are just getting gashed in the run game put him in there Uh, I do think he's a guy watch out for him this year he might make a difference for them read. Really I felt it's really good. They are a big thing too. It's the Saints of course and I'm picking them to win the NFC South. I have so much faith in Sean Payton. Uh, and I I have faith in the fact that Sean Payton Payton's probably ri- rid Rob Ryan so hard oh. in the offseason that Rob Ryan will get his crap together a little he bit. He looks so stressed but, out Rob oh, Ryan. Oh, I'm sure. Game. Yes, because Sean is Sean is one of the few coaches in football that can probably go back and forth a little bit as far as offensive game plan, defensive yeah. game plan. There's not many guys, really only two that I've ever known that can do it. On a, on a consistent basis, Bill Belichick and Mike Shanahan. I think if you you're not going to anybody... put Parcells in there at all, no, Parcells. You know, Parcells stuck his two cents in, uh, definitely on both sides of the ball. But like what Bill and Shanahan did was like literally like coach both sides of the ball to a degree
0: it's so funny that uh we can have a whole conversation about defensive coaches becoming head coaches and being like oh no I'm just gonna let the offensive coordinator right. do it. it drives me crazy um we have Miller here Miller is I think one of the top draft guys in the game you've been doing it now for a few years and I think you've you've been very accurate and sticking to it uh, I did a video with him today where we're looking at the top draft prospects right now on your board you You have a linebacker. Break it down. Yeah, Yeah. let me
1: hear that. I don't even know your board. I haven't seen it or anything. Yeah, I have a linebacker, Jalen Smith from Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, You'll see him, and and we'll talk a lot about him. I've heard Uh, about him a little bit. Number nine. There's a little Khalil Mack there. uh, Okay. it really is, because he's played outside. He's played inside. He covers slot receivers. Right. uh, He'll get tackles for a loss. What size are we talking about, generally? 6'3", 235. Okay. So he looks like Patrick Willis. Right, exactly. uh, And moves like him. Just so fluid. And I know... Uh, I know that because he is the top player from some of the maybe what more well recognized draft people out there. Right, it's gonna be a lot of people trying to take shots at him all year. Right. You know, he's not very good, but. I think he's special. One Good.
2: thing I like about Notre Dame, guys, first of all, he, he recruits men there. They get men. They're a yes. little bit like SEC team. They get big D linemen. Yes. They have a lot of 3-4 principles, and they're going to be coached like pros. That's the best thing about these Notre now
0: Dame Now, here's kids. the thing. Looking at Miller's top 10, here's what's interesting. You have the tackle from Notre, Notre Dame. Dame.
1: Yeah, Ronnie Stanley. Ronnie, Ronnie Stanley's right. there.
0: You have Joey Bose, the defensive lineman. You obviously have the quarterbacks, but what's interesting about him having Jalen Smith at number one, it gets the discussion, can a line Backer like that, that's not an edge pass rusher, ever go number one. And I'm curious what your thoughts are.
2: I don't think so. I don't think they'll be quite, I don't think any team's going to look at it and go, oh, the the value's there for me to take him at number one. But when you Um, see a
0: Keekley and when you see a Patrick Willis, isn't it kind of worth it? Because it's crazy when you look at where but those you, guys get but drafted. You,
2: but this guy, we're not sure what he is quite yet, no, right? Yes, that's the right. big thing. Where, like, Keekly and Willis, you knew they were middle linebackers. That's what they were. That's what they did. You got enough visual evidence. It's like I tell you all the time. What scares guys like a Khalil Mack at times, even though everyone was pretty comfortable with everything he did, it's just like, what is he? We haven't seen enough visual evidence. And I always tell you how conservative coaches are in the NFL. They, they need to see – Tons of visual visual evidence before they can feel comfortable. But I'm curious,
0: then, why are we more comfortable with the hybrid defensive end outside linebacker and
2: not the outside linebacker inside linebacker? I think it's because of the pass rush ability. I think that's really all it comes it's so down valuable. to. Yeah, it's just such a valuable position. So, but I am not as high on those guys. You know, I Randy Gregory scary. The they're a little scary to me. I why I think are the you? The boomer s- bust is
0: bigger. For there those is guys. right. Yeah. Right. What makes you so confident then, right now, in Jalen Smith?
1: Well, it is. It's a right now thing. Thank God I have nine months to change my mind. And
0: that's okay, it's okay to change. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: absolutely. Um, what makes me confident now is I think when I look at, at top players, they need who has the most elite traits. And, and I think he does right now. And mm. it's, you know, for me, the number one player on my board might not be the first pick. He might not be the most valuable guy. You know, a few years ago, it was Bridgewater instead of Clowney. You right, know. right, Uh Last year, it was Jameis Winston. So it, it's not always... I'm not trying to say who's going to get picked first. I'm hmm. trying to say this is going to be the best guy out of this class yes. three, four years from now. So it's a little different because, you know, I'm trying to do the job of a GM yes. for the media a- instead of predicting who's going to go.
0: I think the hardest thing with the draft coverage is what kind of coverage. Are you predicting the picks? Are you saying who they should take? Or are you doing straight value?
1: And I think you have to be transparent about that. And it is hard. You know, like if I write a mock draft, it's in the intro. This is what I think will happen or this is what I'm hearing will happen. But it is, you know, because guys like Mel Kuyper, who kind of helped create this industry, Mm. he is a, a funnel for what teams tell him not as much an evaluator anymore. Yeah, exactly so
2: if, right. That's what drives me yeah. a little crazy about Mel because I can listen to him and I go, oh, he's just talked to that team and he's yes, just right. kind of plagiarizing what they have just told him. Uh, the reason that I think... I want to ask him a few questions, yeah, if you don't it. mind, just real quick. Like, So give me
1: just uh, any corners in the top 10 or... We got two. two. Vernon Hargraves from Florida and then okay. Jalen Ramsey at Florida State. So, okay. Uh, yeah, both just super athletic. Unbelievable. Florida Twitch State, stone. more yep. secondary guys. Holy cow. Right.
0: Now I'm going to tell you what Miller's going to say. Hargraves is your tip. He compares him to Darrell Rivas. Right. Five eleven, good corner. Yeah. two time All American. Right, I remember seeing him a little last year. Really right. solid. Right, yeah. Ramsey is the safety slash corner, super physical, six
2: one. What they look for, right? He's like already. a Terrence Brooks or maybe our PJ yeah. Williams you know, that he guy. He played
1: safety last year because they had PJ Williams, Ronald Darby. Yeah, what number was he? Uh, he's number eight. Number eight. Okay, yeah. I uh, he him. played like outside linebacker at times. Huh. I mean, he's just a freak. Right. Okay,
2: and then the other thing. All right, so I know, of course, Connor Cook. Give me hold on. I was going to get to the okay, quarterbacks. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. I
0: was going to say that. So this year, I think was one of the most boring quarterback crops because we knew it was two, and then everybody else. Right. And I think kind of like halfway through the draft process, we all knew that Winston was a better prospect just in terms of pro player. Uh, I think this year's quarterback crop is going to be the most interesting, and I think you're going to see guys like Daniel Jeremiah and you and Kuyper and McShay completely disagree on who the top quarterback is going to be because when one of your top prospects is a guy that's played three games – it's going to be wild. So you yes. go through the top quarterbacks. I think it's going to be incredible right. this year. It is going right. to be
1: wild. I have Cardell Jones at number one right now uh, among quarterbacks. because am not mad at you. If he is who he was in those three games, exactly. I want it. Uh, Everything's
2: there. I mean, okay. as far as it's just going to – can we see him play consistently well this yeah. year? But size, speed, great arm. That arm, geez. Yes, that's yes. yeah. right.
1: So Christian Hackenberg I okay. think is a, a top ten player right now with the potential to go one, the potential to go in the fourth round. It right. all depends on how well he transitions in year two with James Franklin, Yeah. I don't think is a great quarterback coach uh, right. for him. But Hackenberg has all the traits right. that you look for. Right. Jared Goff at Cal is going to be an interesting kid because yeah. he's going to have the numbers in that air raid. Right. Uh, but I don't know that he works through Reed super well, and he is tall and skinny. And skinny, right? Very yes. skinny. I, I, mean. I haven't got to watch him a lot, yeah.
2: but, uh, okay, that's interesting. And this. then
1: you mentioned Connor Cook. Right. There's a lot to work with there. I right. think his decision-making just needs a little bit of work. And right. then there's a kid at North Dakota, Carson Wentz, and he has a hose. I mean, big, big arm kid. Six four can can throw it all over the place. Yeah, so. I'm interested. Is, in the, the
2: Hackenberg one is the interesting to me because he's not a guy that I watch and I just go, oh, he's a. He's a top 15 pick, top 20 pick. He has not jumped out to me, and I haven't studied him. In so what I way?
0: To... Is it not the arm strength?
2: Yeah, the arm the arm does not pop off to me. Like When I watched Connor Cook last year, the few games I saw of Michigan State, and I just said, he, you know, he's an NFL quarterback. He would have been in the discussion for one of those quarterbacks taken, I think, Mariota in the Winston discussion when it was all said. Now, down, you're I not
1: thought, that high on Connor Cook. But... No, but mine is more like the decision-making and what he does when he's pressured. So he kind of reminds me of Derek Carr in that way. You okay, know, like Carr's... Yeah. Of course, Junior, you're at Fresno. like that Steps was the in the thing. bucket, kind of yeah. fades so, away from throws you know, and pressure. Hackenberg, I think, you know, once Chris is off NFL duty, you can study – his freshman year, well, they unleashed him, right? And, and he showed the arm more, right? I would actually say he he throws too many fastballs, yeah. you know, the underneath stuff. He's got to learn touch, yeah, right. Yes. So we'll see if he can get there or not. I'm right.
0: curious uh, when when we watch Cardell Jones this year, other than just statistics of touchdowns, interceptions, and completion percentage, what do you look for to build on from what you've already seen?
2: Yeah, well, I think what what, what I would like the the thing I'm going to look for with him is you know is he seeing the field? That would be my big question. Like is he not passed, just going deep all is the he, time. Yeah, going right? deep, the easy oh, the, those plays are easy to read as a quarterback. Most of the time it's a game plan, game plan play. Urban Myers told them all week we're gonna run this play, run this play, and we're gonna hit him over the top. With and this. they did say they
0: simplified the offense for
2: him. It was either deep or Ezekiel Elliott. Right. So I, I, I do I want to see if he's leaving completions on the field. Because even when I went back and watched like uh, you know, Ohio State, Oregon, or uh yeah, Ohio State, Oregon in the national championship Alabama. game. Alabama. Uh yeah, Alabama. There was some completions that he left on the field that I thought were like oh wow why didn't he see that but he took off and run and made up for it uh and he didn't make bad decisions when when he didn't throw to the open guy that was the thing yeah. I liked. but yeah uh, I think that's the big thing he hasn't got to play the position a whole lot and that's mm. not easy to overcome you've got to get those reps on the field like you always, like I always tell you Different animal when you're in a real game as compared. I don't care how much you practice until they're coming off the edge and about to bust your head. Uh, that's that's just something you can't prepare for.
0: Which position is going to be the weakest in this year's NFL draft? It, for just from what you're looking at right yeah, now. It might be quarterback.
1: There's a lot of guys, but like, you know, we talked about this morning, yeah, right? Now, none of them are
0: locks. There's right. no
1: locks. Right. So, quarterback could be, you know, it's funny in the summer. 15 quarterbacks always get hyped, and two of them end up good. Mm. So uh, the summer's a dangerous time to evaluate quarterbacks because everybody wants one. Yeah, Uh, and
2: everybody wants their program to have that quarterback because it gives them the notoriety. Oh, we're we're developing NFL quarterbacks here. I'll also Um, say
0: this. I did a lot of college football videos last week, and I did eight different videos of SEC quarterback battles. (laughs) Oh, they're awful. Which is, I mean – Look, there's not always a lot of great quarterbacks that come out of the SEC, right. but it just shows you the uncertainty of a lot of these guys. How is the running backs looking? Yeah, for- that, that's what oh, I'm going to ask. They look you. great,
1: um, especially if you like big backs, right. you know, Eddie Lacy type guys. Ezekiel Elliott, obviously a special. Love James Conner at Pitt is a. Bowling ball. I Just have not seen him. Over. Okay. Uh, isn't it you got crazy
0: the, that Pitt gets recruits like like right. Larry Fitzgerald, LaShawn McCoy? They always
1: do. You got the two kids at Alabama, uh Derek Derek has Drake and Derek Henry. A the, lot to like there. So there's a lot of good running backs. Uh, Devontae Booker at Utah. And there's just we could go on and on. Is Fournette a junior this year or a sophomore? Sophomore, yeah. So eventually, because he's a guy that just you know,
2: I I like the rule as far as making you know guys go to school for three years. But Leonard Fournette's one of those guys that you know (laughs) debunks the system where I go. He's a grown man ready to go right now. Like he's 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 taking unnecessary hits in college. They should just let him go to the NFL for free. For free, yeah. 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 Except for those hundred dollar handshakes. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. Us
1: us Texas fans were cringing after after you said that. I mean, Sims, come on. Well.
2: yeah, the good sanctions.
1: thing is we, we straightened it out with
2: Charlie. Charlie, yeah, I texted Charlie and I said. Charlie understands what I was saying. I was saying it's so stupid that people even think that's sure. a big, big deal because it's going on everywhere. You go to any school. I don't care if you go to Rutgers or you go to Texas or you go to Notre Dame. They're all getting $100 handshakes.
0: Yes. Now, you mentioned system before, and I think I'd like to use that transition to welcome in a bright mind that is emerging on the NFL scene like a rocket, Sam Monson, PFF Senior Analyst. PFF is pro football focus. Dude, you guys are killing it right now. For people that do not know, and I'm excited for them to hear your accent Tell them what exactly Pro Football Focus is and what your mission statement is.
3: That was a beautiful intro, first Thank and you. foremost. Thank <laughs> you. Almost as beautiful as your voice. So. There you go. <laughs> Gotta love the Irish accent. Yes. Um, Pro Football Focus grades, watches every single play of every single NFL and now NCAA FBS <sighs> yeah. game. Every single player, every single play grades, takes down a bunch of unique statistics. And has more data on football than pretty much anywhere, anywhere, anybody, anywhere else on the planet.
0: What's been incredible to watch is watch every form of media adopt it almost immediately. And I think the one thing that you guys did that has changed the game is great offensive linemen. Because yeah. for the longest time, people that don't know how to watch film, myself included, would go, I don't know if the left guard is good, and I don't know whose problem was with the sack there. Right. Um, how did you guys come up with the idea? And then how has it grown so fast?
3: Yeah, and Neil Hornsby is the guy that set up the site. And he was just a football fan in the UK who, you know, was getting tired of watching games and listening to somebody in the commentary saying, you know, this guy's one of the best in the NFL, you know. Same thing, offensive lineman, really. And he said... You know, let's start keeping track of this stuff. Let's right. start going through and just go plus minus and see who's doing well, who's doing badly over the course of the game. And, sure. You know, that was the, the genesis of the idea was just try and put something down on paper rather than just guesswork, which yes. is what everybody was going for. And then it, it developed. The system became more sophisticated. It was more nuanced, not just a plus and a minus. What
0: was the first moment when you went, holy crap, people are actually listening to our opinions right now?
3: I don't know if there was a first moment, but for those first couple of years, you know, we would be, it was very few people using it, but every now and again we'd get a a beat writer and he'd he'd quote us or he'd use a stat and, you know, then it would go from beat writers, you know, then we'd get a national guy and and that was big news. Yeah. you know, we used to start keeping track of it on Google. You know, we just start Googling Pro Football Focus and see where we were coming up. And, yeah. You know, it was big news every time we appeared somewhere, and then we just – eventually we just stopped paying attention because it was everywhere. Yeah, that's awesome. Now,
0: Chris Collinsworth just bought the company? Yeah, or is he an investor in
3: it? He's uh, – Major investor, he bought. Uh, I think it's
0: it's so big for you guys because I think Chris has become a figurehead in the game in terms of really studying film, and I think the marriage is great. You guys are now partnering with us as well, and I think what you said is like how Bleacher Report started. I know Finocchio was kind of there, and he's like, "Man, I'm reading these stories about Notre Dame basketball, and that's not what's happening. I want real information." So I think that's why it's a perfect marriage. Um, And you have uh, some stuff right now. (laughs) Well, really quick, before we get into this... Pro football focus, it's an interesting uh, debate, I think, in football circles because it was like, well, where are these grades coming from? And then, like, a lot of old old heads in football. like some Yeah, of that like was Sims. my question,
2: yeah, because every now and then I would see an offensive lineman, and, you know, I would go, oh, man, he played really horrible, and I'm not trying to take a knock on anybody at BFF. Trust me, there's a lot of NFL coaches who grade guys, and I go back in the game and go, well, I don't know what that coach was looking at. He stunk. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a few instances we had offensive linemen where I was just like, hey. He didn't play very well. And we'd have somebody, well, PFF said he played really well. And I said, really? Come here and let me just show you these few plays. I know there's new management, so I can <laughs> say that now. Uh, but yeah, that was my concern, exactly as who is evaluating the film, what is their background as far as football is concerned. And I feel a lot more warm and cozy knowing that Collinsworth is running it now, because I do think he'll be very aware of who is doing those breakdowns.
0: I think what makes me so cozy is I watch you and the way you do your work, and I can see that.
2: Yeah, he's the real deal. He showed me a few things yesterday. I was hungry, and I kind of was just like, that looks cool, but I got to go eat. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm not t- totally into the numbers yet because the real season hasn't started and everything like that. But so, I knew I do know it's going to help me. So here's the thing that I want to ask you.
0: When I go to – like, I'll talk to athletes, and they'll go, oh, Bleacher Report? Oh, man, you guys wrote that shit about me, man. Like, fuck you. And I'm like, no, like, actually, like, Bleacher Report, we just take stuff from everywhere. That yeah, was and two it's swears. Always, yeah, it was two swears. Uh, we, we take stuff from everywhere. It's not us. What is the number one insult that Pro Football Focus gets? And then what is your typical response that you hit them with?
3: The number one thing we always get is somebody says, you know, we'll say something that goes against what everyone else is thinking. Mm -hmm. And the response to that is, oh, that's so bad. You just lost all credibility. The amount of times we've lost all of our credibility. Right. You know, we don't even know where to look for it anymore. It's gone. (laughs) Years ago.
1: (laughs) If you <laughs> find yours, see if mine is there, too, because <laughs> right. I need it back.
0: <laughs> now, uh, producer Josh made sure that Sam came in with some of those ideas that go against the grain. Cool. I'm going to let Sam present them, and then I want Sims and Miller's take on what he's saying. First one, some cornerback stuff.
3: Yeah, so the debate, you know, the best cornerback in the NFL debate comes up every offseason. Yes, everyone, it does. Everyone's bored in June. Nothing's happening. No football's being played. Right. So we start looking through numbers, and the cornerback thing comes up. And it's always Richard Sherman, Darrell Rivas. Which guy do you like? Maybe a Patrick Peterson sneaks in there. But the two guys that never sneak in there that should right now are Vontae Davis and Chris Harris in the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. And we had both those guys in the top 10 of our, our PFF 101 uh, this offseason. And Harris didn't even make the NFL's 100 anywhere. Which yeah, is which is really nobody
2: bullshit. in the secondary for Denver made the top 100. That's why they can't let the players vote. Yeah. It's a, Not even a keep to Talib. Nobody. No T.J. Ward. Nobody Harris in the secondary. to wow. lead uh, Yeah, I would say Harris
3: was better than Talib yeah. last so year. So you're yes.
0: saying that Chris Harris Jr. and Vontae Davis should be in the discussion for top cornerback in the NFL?
3: Absolutely. They're right up there with Darrell Rivas and with Richard Sherman in those. If you look at the numbers... and the tape, the grading that those guys are producing, it's insane. Mm. My favorite number or set of numbers for Vontae Davis is he's played Peyton Manning three times in the last couple of years. Right. And the numbers against Manning are absolutely ridiculous. He hasn't given up a pass longer than 10 yards to Peyton Manning in those three games.
2: So did a bunk that, though? Peyton can barely throw it 10 yards. So there, that would just be my... <laughs> so maybe not be, the best number. Uh, and even just... To, this, this is I, this is just food for thought. I hope we can't get... I'm not trying to get personal, but just my thing with Chris Harris Jr., too. Okay, Chris Harris Jr., really good player. I know that. And I know he's being graded properly, but... To argue that, I would say Akib Talib was probably covering the top receiver all the time, so his statistics were going to look a little worse. Vontae Davis, on the other hand, I am with you. I know he got injured at some point during the year, but yeah, they were a different defense when he played, and he is certainly the best player in their secondary. And
3: both those guys have got they've got a knock somewhere on them schematically. You know? Yes, with Chris right. Harris it's that he might not track that number one guy. Talib will take him. Right. With Vontae Davis, it's that he's only ever playing right yeah, corner. Yeah, one he's side. He's only playing right. on that side. Right. He's not doing what the other guys do. Right. And. You know, Richard Sherman has the same thing. He only plays one side. Right, and but has the, Earl Thomas. Yeah, but the Seahawks do bend that defense around him. They'll lean Sherman or uh, yes, Earl Thomas Yes, the safeties away. Right, exactly right. The Colts don't do that with, with Vontae Davis. Right. He just plays you know, bug standard, right corner, and they play their regular defense. But I
2: love the numbers nonetheless because, yes, it does bring some light to guys that don't get that attention, like Chris Harris Jr. Miller's his number one fan. Miller's guy that's been telling everybody he's been awesome for the last two years. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I I do love that aspect of it because we do always talk. It's always Joe Hayden, Patrick Peterson, Sherman, you know, and I would say, man. You know, Patrick Peterson after last year is not in that conversation. He's going to have to earn it back yeah. to me. I-,
0: I will say this, too. I always feel like NFL opinions are always a year or two behind where players actually are. Right. It's very rare when someone is as good as they're being hyped up to be. I think Vince Wilfork's the perfect example of that. We'll get to that on a different one. Yeah. Before we get to your second one, I actually want to do your projection one first because I want to save the second one. Cool. You have a big year ahead for Odell Beckham Jr.,
3: yeah, so we've we've we're started moving to this new um, grading system or this new way of presenting our grades to people. You know, we had this plus and minus system, and you know, it always confused a lot of people. people some people didn't really like it, so we're moving to this kind of not to one hundred scale. You know, a more intuitive system. Sure. People understand it better at a first glance, um, and we're incorporating a lot more of the data into it. So stuff that we weren't necessarily feeding into the numbers before, but were are in the, the system, are now in this new system, and. It projects Odell Beckham Jr. based on what we've seen from 12 games of him as the best wide receiver in the NFL. In the NFL, the in best the NFL, wide receiver. The best wide receiver. Over in football, Julio, over over I mean, that's Antonio not far-fetched.
2: You no. know, I, I got no problem if, with that if he comment. Gets the targets. Exactly yeah. right. And he's in an offense that really that's the one thing I love about the West Coast offense they really know how to form an offense around a guy. They really do. They, what do you mean by that? You know whether it was Jerry Rice in San Francisco, they just can they will make they're going to make the defense call their bluff on that guy. We're going to make everything for him and either he's going to catch it or you're going to have to do a ton of sh- to stop him, there's my cuss word, yes. And then we'll find another level. And then we'll level. Find something and John else. Taylor's right.
1: going to be wide open Right, exactly, exactly
2: right. Yeah. So the West Coast makes you do that, which I really like.
0: Odell Beckham Jr.'s numbers in traditional statistics last year were out of control for how many games he played. What did they look like from the pro football focus perspective?
3: Exactly the same thing. I mean, he was our second graded receiver, I think, over the, the season, over the entire season, despite only, only playing 12, 12 games. Yeah. Right. Who, was, who was one? Antonio Brown. Yeah, right. Guy. Only guy better than yeah. him. He was unbelievable. Wouldn't have been if he if they played a comparable number of games. Wow. You know? On a per-snap basis, Odell Beckham was miles ahead of anybody else wow. in terms of receiving.
0: Who else was up there, If you remember? Like Guys three. like
3: Jordy Nelson. I think he's a guy that's always graded slightly better than – than the the general perception Ooh. of how he's playing. I he's, think he's great. He's right. yeah, he's yeah. legitimately a top elite receiver. Yes. Random
0: question: Who is a guy that's graded really well in Pro Football Focus that never gets respect from from other people
2: at receiver or, at or any, position? any position? What's one that comes just to ones me? that jumps out? Yeah, one that jumps out of
3: you. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. You know, we we tend to get on people ahead of other people. Yeah, you know, those guys tend when they're successful. The NFL catches up eventually. You right. know, we were on Evan Mathis really quickly. We were on Geno Atkins really quickly. Mm. We had Richard Sherman before anyone realized that this rookie was actually pretty good. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So guys, guys like that tend to. Do you have
0: any right now that you can kind of get out there
2: so people oh, can man, be more
3: knowledgeable? What were,
2: those... what were, like, Buster, Buster Screen? or his num- numbers good last year for Cleveland? Do you remember that off the top of your head? He was okay until yeah. they
3: asked him to start. Yeah. when he had to move outside, outside and play, time. you know, full-time corner, his numbers right. went back down the right. grading. He struggled a bit more. But right. when he was just a slot guy, when he was just a nickel, he was grading pretty well. Yeah. Right.
0: Sims loves Buster Screen. Buster we're, Scry- we're forgetting about your guy, too. I'm not going to fall for that, <laughs> Sims. Do you know who he's talking about? No, no. You want to guess? I
3: wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs>
0: Uh, someone told me they saw you the other day. Your friend.
3: <laughs> nah. No. Yeah, don't say it. We'll get good it good. later. Don't worry about it.
0: Um, all right, last one because this is very big. So, when we were doing the draft last year, I'm going <laughs> to get you, Sam. I was trying to. Say. Sorry. When we were doing the draft last year, it was Sim said Clowney could be a future Hall of Famer. And then I would say to Matt Miller's credit, he's stuck on Teddy Bridgewater the entire time. He's been deemed the head of the Teddy Bridgewater fan club. I would Self-appointed. Say, I yeah. would say that if you were to have another child, his name might be Teddy <laughs> or Bridgewater. You might go all in. Or both.
3: <laughs> Give me your Bridgewater, uh, your your PFF Bridgewater take. The last five games for Teddy Bridgewater. You know, you look at quarterbacks, and for that rookie season, n- almost all of them are going to struggle to some degree or other. And what you want to see is an improvement. You want to see them develop. You want to see them end the season with some glimmers of hope, you know? Right. And if you look at Bridgewater's season, it's actually a steady improvement. Those first first half of the year was pretty rough. The uh, second half was much better. The the first group of those games was a little bit better. And then those final games of the season, the five games to finish it, his numbers were astronomical. The only uh, quarterback that graded better in – pure passing terms for those five games was Aaron Rodgers well he actually had a better overall grade than Aaron Rodgers from us over those five games because of some rushing and penalties and that mm, kind of thing right but that's the kind of company we're talking about for those five games uh, the, some of the numbers are absolutely ridiculous passing under pressure it's a huge thing if you look at him if the game started to slow down for him in those final games you know when he was flustered earlier in the season was making some plays that weren't that great but over those final five games we started to see him Relax. He's great in the
2: pocket. The kid can play the game. He can play the game. I I don't doubt that one bit. I just doubt whether he has that top-end physical talent. But as far as just his natural instincts of the game – yeah, he's, I, he's impressive. He's really good in the pocket. Yeah. He's very good at ad-libbing. Oh, first, second, third receiver's not there. Make a move, shuffle it to the, the check down, whatever it is. He's got all those moves. You know what? I, I just question whether he's got that top-tier arm to really be in that discussion with the
0: Rodgers. What
3: is PFF projecting for him for this upcoming season? I mean, if that arrow continues on the way up, we're talking about a really top quarterback. Like I say, the, You're talking the only like, top five? Well, it's tough to know if that's going to continue. You yeah, know, yeah. if he if he continues this year the way he ended last year, we're talking about a guy who, like I say, the only guy graded better than him as a passing quarterback wow. was Aaron Rodgers. So he's
2: going to have a good year. I just don't see well, how when he, you
3: get Adrian Peterson too, right. all of a sudden the play action. Well, he got there. a good
2: O line. Mike Rudolph. Wallace. Now hold on, now, hold on, right. hold on. Right.
1: How do you feel right now? I feel good, but I'm I've <laughs> been wrong enough in my life to know that after five games, I'm not jumping on the table and telling everybody I was right because. It's happened before, where a guy has a good year, and I'm like, "Oh, look at me! I'm I know what I'm doing." Right? No, I don't know what I'm doing. You have to be patient. Well,
0: what did you see in the draft process? Is there anything that you didn't even expect out of Teddy that's happening now?
1: No, because what he did at Louisville and you were there, you know, he was poised, he was smart. You couldn't rattle him. You know, you remember John Bostic bust him under the chin. He gets up and he beats Florida. Right. So that was always my thing: was he's so smart. You know, he's like a, a three or four year pro. So. I think what Sam was saying, you know, and even – I know it's just the preseason, but what we've seen early this year is the game is just slow for him. He always makes the right decision. It's yeah. it's kind of like Russell Wilson without a huge arm.
0: Mm, I'll tell you, the one thing that Teddy has always done well, because I covered him for three years at Louisville – when he gets outside the pocket, his touch on that five to ten yards over the linebacker underneath the safety is beautiful, and I'm very interested to see what he does with Adrian Peterson. Yep. Um, is J.J. Watt your number one overall like performer?
3: Is that the guy? For anything, yeah. Anything? <laughs> never, <laughs> anything number one ever. best human being on the planet playing football <laughs> oh. by a distance. So.
0: Uh, the <laughs> only reason I bring him up is we had something that I tried to say in a video that got cut out, and I'm curious if Fendrick is going to cut it out of the podcast too. You will cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say that we did Joey Bosa, and I said he gets compared to J.J. Watt mainly just because he's white. Oh, right. I don't get And I said, who do you really compare him to? I didn't realize that was a touchy subject. The draft comparisons of players and the inability it's The way to- it always
2: goes, wide receivers, same way. Oh, he's white. He's uh, the next Wes Welker. Ed he's McCaffrey. the next Julian Edelman. It's just yeah. the way it is. It's it, we, we laugh about it in the NFL locker room. The, the, yeah, but the why can't we The black players say it? laugh at it. I mean, they really do. Do they really? What do they, do they, they say? La- they laugh. They're always like, oh. You know, because you'll get a scouting report sometimes on Saturday from the scouting department so you're about to get on the plane and let's just say you're going to go play the Rams and anytime it's a good white defense alignment i hope we can keep this in there uh the the white a good white defense alignment is always like 100 you know motors on uh, so impressive lunch pail yes 110% every play and the black guys are like you know, why does it always say this? Come on. I mean, the guy's got talent. I mean, even they are like, it's you just know, stupid. I think
1: Deadspin did something a few years ago and they went to NFL.com and looked at the scouting reports pre draft. Right. And it was shocking. How, many How it's like that. cliches were in yes, there. Yes, exactly. The right.
0: greatest commentary on this, if you go online, Key and Peele did a Super Bowl special in which they went through and they were like, Max Unger, he is cerebral; he gets it done. Cam Chancellor, he's a beast yeah, that'll right. rip your head off. <laughs> right. and, and I think the only way we get past that is acknowledge that it's there. Yeah. I, I think we need to acknowledge that it's it's. I understand it; people's eyes, you're drawn to it. I completely get it. But let's move past it. Not every great defensive lineman that's waiting. Is JJ Watt. Right. And not, not every... every
2: white slot receiver is Wes Welker.
0: Yeah. So I just, I had to bring it up because the podcast is a safe space where I think we can have tougher conversations that we might not be able to say in a video. Yeah. yeah in not
3: case not like you're that. curious, right. it, Joey
1: Bosa and Mario Williams.
2: Okay, so, I can see that. That's yeah. that is. That looks like a more of a yeah. comparison to me than JJ. All right, we're
0: going to wrap this up in a second. You have a big dinner date tonight. What do you got going oh, on? Oh, I'm going
2: to Rayo's, the famous Rayo's tonight. Explain uh, what Rayo's so is. So, Rayo's for all you out there, this is a famous mafia joint from a long, long time ago. I think there's been a few people that have been murdered and shot and killed in there. Might happen. Uh, so allegedly. Yeah, Allegedly. It's my kind of place. Uh, but this is, of course, famous, and it's up in Harlem, 115th Street on the east side. Uh, and basically, you can't get reservations to Rayo's. Rayo's, you could buy this stuff. There's a Rayo's, I think, in Las Vegas and things like that. But you have to – so basically, I am going with Bo Dietl tonight. Bo Dietl is a famous – NYPD investigator. In yeah, and
0: you may recognize him from the Subway commercials. Right. He's like the investigator. It's like, hey, I heard Subway's
2: meat was fresh, so I wanted to go find out for myself. <laughs> exactly, right. Yeah. And that's how he really talks. He's a really funny guy. But he has this table Thursday nights at 7 o'clock, and you have to fill the table. If you don't fill the table and have people there, you will get kicked off. I mean, you're done. Like, You don't get so he has you have ta- to pay. You have to pay a huge amount of money. I mean, it's something like, Fifty seventy five thousand dollars just year, to have the table, or just for life for the year, and wow. then that doesn't count. Somebody's have to pay for dinner tonight, so you're paying for the table, and then you have to pay separately for dinner, and it's cash only, and it's one of those kind of <laughs> yes. So they're 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 doing it right, and it's one of those yeah. places. It's like that you don't get to order. Uh, just just the Italian through. guy comes out of the kitchen, and he's like, hey, "What do you guys like over here?" And, and then Bo will be like, "We don't got any." over here, right? Just bring everything out. That's exactly how it'll go. (laughs) That's a... Now, so what? What do you like? I know you like Italian meat. food. What are you hoping they bring? I've out? eaten some stuff that I've never really eaten there because I'll just be like, man. It looks good. I'll just throw it in my mouth and try try it out. Pause. Uh, but yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was uh, it, they man. I've gone there and literally like woke up the next morning and like food comas. You ever had that? Like where you're almost oh, like yeah. you're like man. Am, am, did I am I hungover or did I just eat too much? I don't know what happened. Meat sweats. Yes, right. And uh, that will probably happen tonight. Uh, That's it's awesome. it's one of those things. It's my agent, a few other people. They're all my dad. Like my dad, I bet you is having like his last little food right now. It's what one o'clock. PM. To save up for he's it, he's gonna make sure he is starving going into Reyes. That's did, amazing. Did you
1: get an invite? No. Yeah, I'm either. not in the
2: I'm not this is huh. like no this is like a serious <laughs> You're not even I have been kicked out of this table. This is a table. jersey thing. Well, they've tried no. to sneak me up. Oh. So the guy that owns the owns the the Rayos is the guy that used to be in Sopranos. He was the guy that um he was actually like the investigator that was working for the police. I can't remember his name, yeah. but he owns Rayos. Uh so he'll come in. So one time I came in, they were having it they were like, "Oh, come on, we'll pull up an extra seat." You you can't pull up an extra wow. street. Really? They, yeah, so he walked in. I remember seeing him. He kind of looked at the table, and he was like, they got an extra person there. He went over and said something to somebody at the restaurant, and they were like, you know. And well, you had to leave? Somebody's going to have to leave, yeah, and I wow. left, yeah, yeah. Was it awkward? Because I was like, yeah, I, I didn't care. No, I didn't care. I knew I was – uh, I was like a last second. I was in the city. Yeah. They all called me. I come over to Rails. It doesn't matter. We'll sit you rails. down. Yeah, right. So yeah, This sounds awesome. You should go because you can go to the bar and sit there. that It sounds what you like a do. private seat. Oh, I don't need like a you know, Do I have bar?
0: to put like $15,000 up? No, to no, sit the, the bar. bar
2: is open. It's not a big bar. So you might go there and you might go, oh, okay, the bar's full. I'll how come au- back and have a How awkward
0: would it be if you guys were eating dinner and I was just sitting over like listening to the conversation? be like, <laughs> waving. <laughs> As, ask, ask your dad about this.
2: But you do need to try it at one point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's not. I don't think it's crazy expensive. I don't okay. think it's like where you're going to be like at the prices and go, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, fifty dollars. I have dollars a, I a, have a
1: corporate it. card, so we'll, don't worry exactly. about that. Charge it to Uncle Ted, Uncle Ted. Ted.
2: Sam,
0: you know who you look like?
3: No. Mm. You? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Anywhere? I do. You do? Yeah. Is it going to upset me? What's no. his spirit animal?
0: Oh, no. uh, what did you? You said I he said was a kangaroo, kangaroo. right? I said that. Miller... I said
2: that because I thought his accent was Australian. First, I couldn't really hear him. It's close, but. But now you're I'll Irish.
0: explain to you why I keep doing this after the show. It's right. a D's a Nuts thing. Uh, you know, Miller is a koala. You're a tiger, and I'm a Siberian elephant. Siberian tiger. So Make sure excuse you get that me. Right. And wow. what was Fendrick? What did you say your spirit animal was? A hen. Of course. Oh, a, mother a, hen. Mother hen. a mother hen. A mother hen.
2: You, it has to be a mother hen. It can't just be a hen. It has to have little chickies next to it, like oh, little yellow little chickies. chickies. Yeah, that's what he is. Uh, this Come had...
0: on, guys. we got to go
2: shoot videos. This... Come on, babies. Let's eat the food.
0: <laughs> this Saturday, I'm actually going to the Eagles preseason game with my dad. Cool. To see the Ravens. Wear so your Cowboys see- jersey. <sighs> All right, give me the music. Uh, I am I'm so happy, Sam. Thank you for coming in. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Matt Miller. Great to have you in person. Yeah, My it was boy. fun, guys. Welcome to the Mount Rushmore of I'm Sims happy and to be there. Fly Eagles, fly, go Cowboys, go. Oh, okay, you're you you're the that? worst. Uh, no, twenty sixth episode of Sims and Leffco is in the books. We are now what t minus three weeks until video. Never mind. Sims has been doing extra push-ups to look better on Woo. video. But it's not working. Looking a little bit rough. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you for episode 27. For Sims. Peace out. For Fendi. Adios. I am Go. Have a good day, everybody.